Hi, this is Gene McNaughton and welcome to the Sales Edge Podcast. Hey, Gene, how's everything going out in Southern California? You, I'm, as always, I'm very excited on this Monday because spring has sprung. And I don't mean just in the terms of weather, although we are seeing some really cool things on the weather. I'm talking about life and the economy and the aftermath of what happened in 2020. And for all you listeners out there, the time is now. We've had you know, several months of preparing, preparing, preparing. It is go time. And I could not be more excited than to be able to interview one of my heroes, Tom Hopkins, today, along with you, Hugh, because we're going to talk about things you could and should be doing right now to put yourself in position to capitalize on this new economy that we're facing in 2021 of giant uphill, giant uptick, like everything starting to cook. And I want you, listener, to be ready to take advantage of everything that's coming your way in a good way. Tom, welcome back to Chalk Talk. Well, it's great to be back, Hugh. We've had many, many years of some good times, so let's go for it. All right. Well, first of all, we were talking about retirement before we started the recording today. And a while back, you at least semi-retired from what you were doing. So what's been going on since you uh, retired, since you made that change? Well, first of all, Hugh, I've never enjoyed the word retirement because actuary tables of insurance companies have proven that you not live as long as the person that keeps working. But what I've, not, what I've done is I, I've fallen in love with golf. And because of that, and also having lived on the road for almost 42 years, I can't tell you five million seminars or whatever. I'm just ready to, uh, I think, slow down to the point where I can spend more quality time with my wife and play golf. But I'm still going to stay on the road and do seminars periodically because I don't think I'd ever want to say, hey, I'm not working anymore. I'm not teaching or training or motivating. So I have a feeling that I'll still be around. So hopefully your listeners can come see me someday. That would be fun, fun, fun. Awesome. Well, I'd like to do a little back step because you were slated to be on the Chalk Talk Thanksgiving show. And over the years of Sales Chalk Talk, uh, as soon as we had you on the show, we had you on once around Thanksgiving. And then you became the, the staple. You were our every year Thanksgiving show guy. And this past year, you had a little accident and you weren't able to come on the show. So if you would, give us just a couple of examples of how we can express our thanks to our clients. Well, I believe today it's more important that you do a couple things. You become a follow-up special, a follow-up specialist where you're keeping in touch, you're following up. But I also think the, the thank you note today is more important than back when I did it. In fact, I, I really believe that the average American doesn't receive a handwritten nice little note of thanks from the people that they do business with. So I was a thank you note, a thank you note freak, and I totally believe today they work better than when I did it. Uh, it doesn't need to be fancy, and if you have poor handwriting, you can find someone that'll help you send them out. 
but I've always believed that thanking people and writing handwriting will make you different than your competitor and more special than the other person. And I think in business, that's what we all try to do, stand out away from those that we're competing with. So thank you. Those two words will always be important. I hope the folks listening, if they, if they do send out an email, always try to use the words, thank you for letting me serve you. And, and I really believe that'll never, ever, ever stop because people love to have that recognition of someone saying, hey, I appreciate what you're doing for me. That is so good. Tom, this is Gene. Yes, and I want to let you know how much of an honor it is for us to be speaking right now. Well, thank you. That's very nice. So I want to take you back in time. Now, this is a long time ago, 1993. I was a uh, young aspiring salesperson at a company called Gateway Computers, Tom. I don't know if you remember Gateway 2000, the cow spotted box company. Oh, yeah, I do. I remember I had some fun in that town. <laughs> Sioux City, <laughs> Iowa. Well, yeah. Well, I'm I from had, Ames, so I enjoyed it. I was I was an aspiring seller at a company that was growing very fast. And they asked me if I wanted to go teach other people how to sell. And I said, I don't know how to really teach people to do what I'm doing. And the VP said, why don't you go to a seminar and why don't you go learn from somebody that's a master? And I had just bought my first book, my first sales book called How to Master the Art of Selling. You remember that one, Tom? Oh, yes. Do I ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading that going, oh, my gosh. I didn't really realize there, there was a consistent process and pattern to how top performers behaved. And I went to my boss and said, I want to go see this guy in a at a seminar. And he said, where is it at? I said, it's in New Orleans. He said, okay, take a couple people with you. And we came to New Orleans. Now, being from a small town in Iowa, I had never really seen a seminar. I didn't really know what a seminar was other than the fact that I had read your book. And I went and watched you. And I remember um, seeing you come out on stage. There must have been you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people there. And for two and a half days, I, I think I took every note, as many notes as I possibly could. And I remember coming up to you after it was over, holding my book literally shaking and you wrote gene goya g-o-y-a tom hopkins now i'm sure you've signed that many times but i want to start by what did that mean goya well i really believe the first thing is activity breeds productivity and so i've always felt that many people sit and wait for business so years ago i thought i'm gonna let everybody that i autograph a book to keep remembering the importance of G-O-Y-A, Goya, which is get off your anatomy. And that's kind <laughs> of what I've always taught. And Goya is something that people recognize me by because I end the seminar with it. I, I have, have fun with it. But I really believe activity, breeding productivity will really be an important thing as we're going into the times we're in because sitting and waiting, you're not gonna make a lot of money. We have to be more active, more creative in contacting, more able to follow up better. So it's a good time for us to have this talk, I'll tell you. Well, that seminar led me to come back to my company. We were a small company at the time, probably you know, 50, $60 million, which I know that sounds like a big company, but compared to what we became, 
And it was that seminar that led me to sit down and actually write out the first sales training manual for the Gateway 2000 sellers. And then I went out to teach it. It also led me to go take a course from Zig Ziglar. We all know Zig Ziglar on sure. how to speak in public. So I went and took a speaking course. I immersed myself in your work. And in the middle of that became the basis for the Gateway 2000 sales training methodologies. That company went on to grow as if you, you may or may not be aware, we went from a, a small company in Iowa to an $11 billion you know, global company. And I use those same training basics to go out and teach new sellers in all over the world, in Japan to just Australia, all over the world. And it was all the foundation of Tom Hopkins. And I wanted to use this moment to say thank you. I'm sure I'm one in many millions of people that have followed your work and gotten some pretty, you know, pretty good results, as some might believe. Now, with that said, Tom, you've been in sales training for a long time. And how has it changed? We go back to think about the 80s and then the 90s and the emergence of computers in the 90s, the end of the 90s, the emergence of online stuff, websites and online communication into the 2000, late 2000s, social media begins to come up. Web 2.0 shows up. And here we are today on a virtual meeting and, um, you know, what, what's been your take on the changes of the marketplace of selling, yet the fundamentals that will never change? Well, you hit it right on the head, Gene. The seven fundamentals of a sales process will never change for any product or service. What has changed is the, the a technology that we have the ability to use, number one, where your consumer today has such access to education that everyone we meet is normally much smarter than they have been in the past. And they know more many times about the product they're looking at with us than maybe we did in the past. So I think the importance is knowledge today is more important than it's been. I think going to back to basics and, and there for, here's a good example. Uh, I love golf, as I mentioned, and, you know, the, the golf swing has 14 reflex movement that goes in the process of a golf swing. Well, if you watch Tiger Woods, as I've done many, many times, he has very what I call perfect fundamentals. But I've also watched him when I've gone out to the uh, course where he's playing. I've seen him hit four or five hours of golf balls in practice. Now here was then, and almost now, number one golfer in the world. He'd be out there longer than anyone. And we'd come back after playing 18 holes and I'd go, my God, Tiger is still out there with a nine iron hitting golf club or golf balls. So I come back to the basics that we really have to be sharper today. I think we have to be more knowledgeable. And I feel we have to really understand the importance of learning, internalizing, and using properly the seven fundamentals of the sales process. There's the four fundamentals in golf, of a golf uh, swing, or of a golf game, short game, long game, putting, driving. And there's the same ones in the field of sales. There's fundamentals we must work on to turn pro. 
Well, Tom, believe it or not, there may be some people listening right now that may not have read your work. Can you quickly cover the seven fundamentals? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, we, I'm sorry, what, what was the question again? Do you, can you want me to cover the seven fundamentals? Yeah, the, the seven fundamentals. Now, oh, okay. I, well, I, know, I want to hear it from the, the master himself. All right. We start off number one with prospecting, finding the right people to sell. Number two, original contact, meeting people in the very beginning properly. Number three is the qualification process, finding out are they the decision maker and what are their needs. Number four is, is literally handle or learning how to ask the right questions, becoming a questioner and a listener and so on and so on. For example, I have found over the years that the fundamentals are basically the simplistic things of asking questions and becoming a good listener. Um, and then of course, asking for referrals is one of the fundamentals. When you make a sale, you're not done, you become a referral asker. And then of course, as I mentioned, you become a follow-up specialist where you keep in touch, keep in touch. And once you've got a lead, you never stop going after that lead because most of the leads you get, if you don't follow up as a specialist, you won't end up closing a transaction. And then of course, closing the sale is one of the most important fundamentals because uh, that is the art form that I've tried to you know, teach. So closing the sale and then of course, getting the referrals after you've closed a transaction and those, that's an overview of the seven. And if, if a person will just say, okay, I got to meet them properly, ask the right questions, go into a minor closing situation, close the sale, get the referrals. And then if you follow that formula. Hey, Tom, I, I'm looking at my notes. And one of the things you said was closing is not something you do to somebody. It's something you do for somebody. Can you unpack that a little bit? I think for the average person who doesn't understand the business, it comes across that that's aggressive or overbearing, but that's really not true. I think uh, I established relationships with people, which having them like you and trust you and wanting to build a relationship, in essence, that's a foundational part of closing long-term sales. So the, the, that's, that's a fundamental that can't be misunderstood. It, it's not, again, doing something to them is for them. And we really are servants to our fellow man with benefits. And that is, of course, been the foundation of my teaching. Yeah, you said, if you believe in what it is you, you sell and can help that other person, it's your obligation to do everything to help them move into it. I mean, I remember that like, like I was sitting in that seminar right now. Now, Tom, we also have, you know, newer salespeople. We're looking at our audience demographics and we're, we have a lot of people listening to Hugh's show, Sales Chalk Talk, that are new in selling, that are looking for, you know, some basic fundamentals. How would you advise a new seller today? Well, let me give them one suggestion and it, it helped me. I, I was not doing real well. I was four and a half months in real estate. I hadn't made hardly any money and I went to a seminar and the instructor who was very successful, he said, let me give you some advice. Go back to your company, find out who is making the most money. Then that person go to ask if you can listen to them, maybe watch how they show a product or a service. 
and you know pick their brains. Uh, I've had a belief: you must, in today's telling, for especially new people, you must be called become a consummate brain picker. Let me say that again: a consummate brain picker, which means you go after people who are making more money, more successful than you are, and you watch them, you listen to them, and you do what they do. Uh, my life really changed when I did that. I got, I was taught to do it. I got back to the company I worked for, which back then was one of the largest uh, real estate com companies in California. And I found out who was making the most money. The person's name was Rose Lane. And I went to her. I said, Mrs. Lane, I'm a brand new salesperson, scared to death. But I was told by a professional trainer that I should talk to someone who is successful and I'm 19, which is how old I was. I wanna be successful. I hear you make more money than anyone in the company. And I'd be honored if you let me just watch what you do, hear how you say things and so forth. And she was so gracious. She said, you know, Tom, because you've come up and asked nicely to let me help you, I can see you're excited and enthusiastic let me go ahead and have you come along. Well, I, I went with her on listing appointments and I sat in the back of the uh, back seat of the car uh, and when she would show homes and she introduced me as a trainee, which I was. And I just took a pen and paper and I would try my best to write all the words she say, the phraseology, watch her, handle people. And, and I started copying a little bit in my own way, what she did, what she said. And all of a sudden I started making some sales. And then of course, uh, after you know eight years sold 1,553 homes, which could have never happened had I not had that experience. So the new person, and you'd be amazed if you went to a manager and said, you know, I want to be successful for the company. Who would you suggest I, I try to emulate? And who should I watch so that I can get better? And most of them, because they want you to make more money, will say, well, boy, Jim Jones over there, just sit around him because he talks properly. He says the right thing. He handles objections beautifully. He'll sh show you steps to close the sale. And so that would be my suggestion. Find a mentor that you can try to emulate or, or copy. And that was a life changer for me. And I think it'll be that for anyone that does this. And one thing you'd be amazed at, people that are top producers, the ones that have achieved the highest accomplishments, they really enjoy reaching down and grabbing people and saying, hey, I'll give you some ideas, I'll help you. And uh, that would be one of my main suggestions for a new person. Fellas, um, because uh, we want to be sure that we get Tom off the call in, in time for him to make it to his next thing here, I'm going to move to my last question. So Tom, you are a, a veteran of guesting on sales shock talk, so you know what this last question is going to be. And it really has been tremendous having you back on the show again. One of the things that we ask every guest on every show that we do is for the one piece of advice 
that you consider to be the most important in gaining success in their businesses, their sales, their relationships, their lives? What's the one thing, Tom? Okay, I would totally believe that everyone listening, if you'll work harder on yourself than you do on your job to become a person that people like and trust and want to listen to. And that is really what I always tried to do. Most people are nervous about a salesperson or somewhat defensive, maybe afraid they're going to be sold something or what have you. And I found that if they would bring down their defenses because I asked them a lot of questions, I became an eloquent listener, not a talker. I was good at that, but first of all, a great listener. And I found that if you could get a rapport built where they started from a first person who really didn't like salespeople to like you, then they trust you that what you're saying is not only true, but it will benefit them. Then they'll bring down their defense barriers. And when they do that, you then have the opportunity to not only qualify as to what's best for them, but to, for, to also lead them, not push them, shove them, but lead them to saying yes to what you're trying to help them own. But again, in this last few seconds, I gotta say, work harder on yourself than you do on your sales job to become that human being, that person, that not only in the original meeting, but as you develop rapport, they like you, they trust you. And when I say the words want to listen to you, realize that many people, when you're making any type of sales transaction, the future buyer has to listen to you. You know, it starts with a have to, and if you do the job right, you'll move from the have to, to a want to, to where they open their minds and they want you to help them make a good decision to own the benefits of your offering. And, and that, Hugh, I think is what I have tried my best to con convey in how top producers became top producers. And that's have a foundation of like, trust, and want to listen to me. Well, Tom, when my dad retired from his job as a, the head of internal auditing at the University of Colorado, he told me that he didn't have any idea how he ever had time to work because he was so busy doing other things after he, <laughs> after he didn't have to go to work anymore. And so I want to thank you so much for taking time out of what is an undoubtedly a busy schedule with your wife and your golf game and whatever else it is that you're doing and uh, to come and share all of this great stuff with us. It's just been such a joy having you back on the show again. And well, I hope you come back Hugh, and do something like this again. And Hugh, let me say this. You said it in a way, and so did Gene. Uh, this next year is going to be a great year. Start building momentum now. Uh, I can feel that the people get more activity, more excitement, more thank you notes. Next year can be a great year. Don't sit on your hands and wait now to, for things to get better. Increase activity, follow up and be a champion. Go ya. Go ya, go ya. Thank you, my friend. So uh, Gene, what parting thoughts do you have for us today? 
I am just overwhelmed with gratitude. And this is a, a dream come true that I'm having this interview, Tom. I, I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. And it was through you that, you know, I, through the grace of the learnings through you and, and others, right? But you were the main guy that I've been able to impact thousands and thousands of people and impart and do the best I could to impart your wisdom to many others. So thank you on behalf of everybody.